0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Cyril Dessa says he has big shoes to fill in Alfredo Morelos. Kyogo's hoping to keep Celtic fans smiling after signing his new deal and hearts are ready to slash away allocations ahead of the new season. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Mark Wilson. Well, Andrew, I'm just getting up to speed with the news. I'm glad you filled me in there. I've had a weekend away at Silverstone at the Grand Prix, so wasn't paying much attention to football, but... I was and aware. you haven't stopped going on about it since ah, as well. Ah, listen, anybody will listen. I'll, I'll be happy to tell them a few stories about me and Brad Pitt rubbing shoulders on the start line. Were you near Brad Pitt? Uh, I was about probably a mile and a half away from him, but I could still see all the furor round about him. But it was a fantastic weekend. But glad to be back here and glad to have Scottish football back on my radar again. And it's the time of year where new players are coming in the doors and the new recruit, Cyril Dessers, doing his first press conference saying himself he's got big shoes to fill and he'll, he'll want to go off to a flyer and teams jetting off around the world for their pre-season camp Celtic and Portugal this week just off the back of Callum McGregor signing a new deal which will buoy all Celtic fans I'm sure and other teams new strips being released I see by the day the competition for best strip uh, and worse so in some cases I've and seen plenty worse. of fans unhappy with their own fans and worse uh, so still an exciting time of the season and I'm guessing fans will just be dying for the competitive stuff to kick off just round the corner yeah just round the corner Saturday it is the Via Play Cup group stages so maybe you are a team that is in action this weekend and you want to chat about it you're looking forward to that coming back maybe you're a Rangers fan that's interested in the transfer business that's being done and you've heard what Cyril Dessers has had to say today maybe you're a Celtic fan that's excited by that news yesterday that Callum McGregor signed a new deal we'll also hear a bit more from Ange Postacoglu there's been more from him today speaking about Brendan Rodgers and the fact that Brendan Rodgers was in constant contact with him when he was Celtic manager so loads to get on board with tonight 01419511025 to talk to us or you can tweet us at Clyde SSB but it does seem it does seem like it's been a short summer doesn't it when you think the competitive action is only a few days away I suppose it's been split yeah. up with the, the Scotland games as well but with Celtic and Rangers away on their pre-season trips at the moment there'll be a lot of other teams back here working hard knowing that they've got their first game this weekend Yeah of course comes around pretty quickly now Andrew um, pre-season we keep going on about it isn't what it used to be where you had the eight weeks off and you had to go through a two weeks, a slog, a just hard running before you even seen a ball. Things are much different now. Managers have got to prepare in a different fashion, particularly those who start um, in the Via Play Cup this weekend. So all preparations have to be done. Incredibly difficult for those teams to get new players through the door. Um, and, you know, Celtic Rangers, of course, they go about their preparations like they always do. Celtic and Portugal at the minute and then they'll go on to, to have other pre-season games but for those players um, their season really starts now you know all the all the hard work's done it's just getting that match fitness right and they'll be up and running uh, before we know it yeah because there'll be some managers that will already be happy with their squads that maybe didn't lose too many at the end of last season because they were contracted or managed to retain quite a lot of players and have managed to bring some in there'll be other managers that will maybe be going into this weekend worrying about numbers and thinking that they wish they'd done a bit more business yeah. even though it still is very early in the transfer window but the competitive games them come around early well the lower down the ladder you go the more difficult it gets I've spoken before on here about how difficult it was 
when I was at the, <laughs> the lowest rung of the ladder and you're trying to get players in and you're not quite sure um, of them, but there's no time to trial them in pre-season friendlies because these are your games at the beginning of the season. Of course, you need to be signed to, to take part in these games. So incredibly difficult, of course, when you go up the levels and up the league, um, it gets a wee bit easier. I, I don't know, I'm kind of split on the Via Play Cup being so soon. And, you know, as a player... Yeah, I hated pre-season games, but they served a purpose for me. They got me fit and ready for competitive action. Um, and then when if I was a player just now and I had competitive games, I'd be thinking, right, great, we're right back at it. But it's a long old season. You know, when you think of the amount of games that these players will take on from now until next May, the Scottish Cup final, it's a lot of games to fit in. So... The season really starts now. Well, we will hear a bit from Cyril Dessers and Ange Postacoglu later on, but more importantly, we want to hear from you. 0141-951-1025. Let's go straight to the phones. Brian is a Celtic fan in Stirling. Brian, how are you tonight? Uh, very well, thanks. All right, guys. Good to hear from you. And thanks you too, for Brian. my call. No worries. Right. Well, we were speaking about um, you know the sign-ins and um, the action that's going over um, the all the, all the clubs trying to get players in. I just, I want to say that signing Cal Mack on a five-year deal is the best signature we've had since we signed Henrik Larson. And I kid you not that that is a, that guy is the best football player in Scotland. We we go week in, week out. And what we do is, to be fair to the other players, in a match, you know, who's your man in a match? We always say we sign Cal Mack because it's unfair to the other players. And that the the year, um, one of your producers was asking me, player of the year would have been Cal Mack had he not been injured. That's how important this guy is. He he recharges on the passion of Celtic supporters. He he lives every single, he kicks every ball for us, he lives every single moment and he's a consequence. for Scotland and I would have thought there's some cheeky chairman in England or maybe two or three of them would have made a move um, just because it had been a bit unsettling with Andy leaving. But Cal Mack's even more important a signing than Brendan Rodgers is. That's, uh, I mean, because this guy will stay to the end of his career and he'll bleed, he'll bleed sweat and tears for Celtic. I mean, Brian's saying there that it is the best signature Celtic have had since Henrik Larson, the best bit of business since signing Henrik Larson. Do you go along with that? It's high praise indeed. Um, I'm trying to rack my brains quickly for who, who the signings have been since there, but look, you know, Brian's point, how um, important he is to Celtic, the full club, um, is, is is not lost in me because, of course, he is he's such an influential character. Brian's right, he touched on the point about being man of the match and, you know, you always kind of say, Callum McGregor often gets overlooked for that just because he plays at such a level every week that people just get used to how good he is. People just expect those type of performances well, is, from him. And Andrea, I know firsthand how difficult it is to play for the club and how difficult it is to keep standards up. And listen, I fell way below them many occasions. I look at this guy who just churns out performance after performance, year after year. Incredibly difficult. And, you know, he does carry a lot of the weight, the expectation on his shoulders. New guys coming in, he has to show them the ropes now rather than just being a player who enjoyed his football. That's the way it comes from being the captain. And the comparison to Brendan Rodgers, well, probably split with that because your manager is always your, your driving force and takes all responsibility, but your influence on the pitch, the captain who, who wins trophies, 
is is probably just equally as important as well. So a five-year deal, a tremendous piece of business and every Celtic fan will be absolutely delighted. Brian, high praise from you. Does that mean you rank Callum McGregor above what Scott Brown did for Celtic? Um, yes, right now I do because um, Callum's the present captain and I think he can go on to... Because if you remember, he's won the five trebles in that seven years series and he'll go on he'll actually go on and eclipse Scott Brown and Scott Brown was absolutely a massive hero in me but I don't pick heroes very well I've met Callum recently um, and my pal Kevin Mackin who's in the hospital getting out quite soon Kevin is um, and he was uh, he's just an amazing guy he's got a presence about him quiet assured and confident and it just makes you feel that's your captain that makes you feel good Bruni was a different type. You knew fireworks. Bruni would wind you up. Whereas, and I'm not being disrespectful to Bruni saying this, Callum's a much better football player. And he's got a better football brain. But Bruni could organise and get people playing. And he could get better out of people that were maybe not quite as good as what they eventually showed up. Um, Callum, uh, I just think he's, a, he's the man of old times. And now he's, he's, he's everything that we need as a Celtic. Um, a group to, to lead us, you know what I mean? And we've been unsettling times, but Callum's been there steady in the ship, and that's just amazing. He's got to some size of earnings with picking up all the trophies. Eh? <laughs> you know what? I was looking at a compilation yesterday, just uh, it was showing you his goals. And that's something that's kind of probably dried up a wee bit because the different role he's been asked to play, and that shows how good a player he is. Um, when I, when he was a young kid, when I was there, he was a winger. He then changed to a midfielder, but an attacking role, and he would score uh, important goals in important times, but then drops deeper to, to fill that role from Scott Brown. So it takes a certain type of player to be able to fulfil all those positions. Could you see Brendan Rodgers well. changing his role at all, going back to how he played him in his first spell? No, I, I couldn't see it, because I think Celtic at this time have players that can do that and very well, so why would you, why would you move him about? Maybe within games... If, if a game's going a certain way that Brendan Rodgers doesn't like and he, he needs someone more influential who he knows he can rely on further up the pitch, then perhaps. But I think that role, he's got it down to a T. The way he controls games, dictates the pace in them, keeps the ball very rarely, gives it away. Um, it, it's worth its weight in gold at a club like Celtic. You need someone like that in the middle of the pitch for you. John's talking about the different leadership styles of Scott Brown and Callum McGregor. Callum McGregor's very much a lead-by-example type of yeah. captain, isn't he? That he sets the standard on the pitch. He's maybe not the, the loudest person. I think he, he maybe doesn't get enough credit in that side of things because you do see him, you know, trying to organise and shout at players. And he obviously, you know, is the, the main feature in the huddle as well. Maybe not to the extent of Scott Brown vocally, but on the pitch, his influence is obvious. Well, of course, and I've played with players like that who, who are a quiet captain and, and go about their business and just are so consistent and you look up to them. You really do, Andrew. You look up to them in the pitch and you think, well, if they're leading the club and they're they're going about their business in the right way, then I don't want to let this guy down as well. So that's, that's the influence these guys have. I don't think Callum's ever going to be the type to write rousing speeches that he'll rhyme off in the dressing room. I don't think he's like that at all, but... One thing for sure, he's got the respect of all those Celtic first-team players and that's what you need if you're a captain at that club. And, like Brian was saying, he's got the trophies in the medal hall to back it up for anyone who's coming through that door to say, look at this, I've been here this long, this is what's expected of you 
when you come to this club. Brian, you're talking about that being a great bit of business. What is the next bit of business that Brendan Rodgers needs to do? Well, for me, Brendan's uh, probably had a wee bit more information for longer than what the media and us fans have had. So I'm positive that Celtic have done due diligence. They know where they want to strengthen. For me, for myself, I would like us to have another striker. I'd like us to put pressure on Taylor, who's been fantastic. But we are, we are more uh, astute. I'd like a, a, somebody to back up Carl Starfelt. He's brilliant. He's been great because um, both both centre half. But is it now time for Celtic to lift the lid on, like you know, like marquee signings? Uh, it doesn't always work. I mean, look, look, the last couple of years, it's not been marquee signings. We've come in and done a full rebuild the Ange, and you've turned marquee signings out. There's a Jota gone for 25. You know, any numbers that you can run about the, the team now. So it's very healthy. So what you want to do is be careful that we're not. Um, you know, over-egging the prudent to, you know, to do what, you know what I mean? Because I think we've got Scotland, and no disrespect to any other team, um, I think we've got Scotland kind of under wraps with the teams that we've got just now. And I know that I know that luck can pay favour to others, and you can have an off day, and you can knock to the Cups, that's fine. But over the course of the season, I think we've got the best team. That's been proven over the last year. Do you then go and spend the 40, 50 million with these two or three or four marquee signings, and then does that get you further in Europe? We hope so. That's, I think that's the business model for Celtic's been incredible for 25 years, considering that football bleeds money left, right, centre all over the world. Celtic's actually made money and made themselves the prominent team in Scotland, the prominent team that will get a, a shot at the Champions League. Can they take the, the chance and the, and, the, and the financial risk? He's buying players that will see them over the line to a top 16, a last 16 or last 8 in the Champions League. That would be a dream. Mark, is that a big debate for Celtic this summer? Is it continuing the model they've had in the last couple of years where they've brought in players for, I think, what, what sort of the maximum they've spent on players in terms of Jota and Cameron Carter-Vickers, six and a half million really, and been able to develop them and, in the case of Jota, sell them on? Would you expect to see them be shopping in that market again this summer or with the, the finances, which, you know, they've said themselves in a London stock exchange are going to be, you know, significantly better than they'd previously forecasted? Would you expect them to maybe go up a level or is it just all dependent on who's available and what yeah. fee it would take to get well, them? it's a fashionable thing that fans, all fans, every club want this word marquee signings, right? That's what everybody wants and Celtic and Rangers fans are no different. Um, but it's how you attract those players, uh, it's my belief that Celtic will keep the same model. They will keep spending six, seven, eight million. Perhaps it may go to over ten, but I don't think that's ever going to get you. What is a marquee signing now? A marquee signing now would cost you twenty million, twenty plus million. I suppose it's all relative, uh, isn't it? And what yeah, what you, you consider are what yeah. So so getting someone like that to come to Scottish football is incredibly difficult whether getting someone like Jota or Carter Vickers who, who's been around the block a wee bit down south but still going to cost you 7 to 10 million yeah I, I believe Celtic will continue in that fashion but I don't think we're going to get this big name that's played X amount of times in the Premier League or went to Serie A or went to La Liga and played and then decided oh by the way I fancy coming to Glasgow where it's going to rain for 11 months of the year but we'll get 6 Champions League games I don't believe that's going to be the case and it's a model that works for Celtic um, 
and I know they've got these finances. I listened to Hugh the other night saying there's no point in continuing to make money if you're not going to spend it. But again, it's getting people to buy into, of course, the club is huge. It's a huge attraction, but the league isn't, unfortunately. And that's where Celtic will stumble and Brendan Rodgers may stumble to get some of these bigger names that the fans want up to Scotland. Well, thank you to Brian. Let's hear a bit from Ange Postacoglu because he has been talking in the last couple of days in his media conference uh, down at Tottenham. He's been speaking about Brendan Rodgers and the impact he'll think he'll have in his return at Celtic. He's absolutely the right man, mate. He's, he's he's a fantastic manager and he loves that football club. He was he was constantly messaging me while I was a Celtic manager to make sure that I, I stayed on track and we had success. And uh, yeah, I, I've exchanged messages with him. He's been, you know, he, look. To be fair, when I when I got the role, he he was very very supportive at the start. And uh, you know, um, you know, even when I got this role, he, he you know sent me a nice message, and I've I've kind of reciprocated with that and, and stayed in contact with him and all the staff there and uh, like I said I've got no doubt they'll they'll have great success and, and hopefully make an impact Champions League I know that's what his ambition is and um, and the, that group of players and that staff um, certainly uh, have the capabilities of doing that so uh, hopefully that, that, that happens thank you mate we've got time for just a couple more Tom well it's quite interesting to hear Ange Postacoglu saying that in his two years at Celtic that Brendan Rodgers was messaging him constantly yeah. about the club oh. and, you know, when he's got his own things going on down in the English I was going to Premier say, League. Maybe, maybe it would have been better served to concentrate on <laughs> what was happening at Leicester at the time. But, like, I think it highlights, Ange Postacoglu highlighting there what Celtic means to Brendan Rodgers. If anybody was in any doubt uh, about how he felt about the club, then that kind of tells you um, that he was still a supporter from from a distance he still had a, a huge job himself to do but he still found time to contact Ange Postacoglu Brendan Rodgers established manager in the Premier League Ange Postacoglu a relative unknown coming to Scottish football yet Brendan Rodgers still found the time to to exchange messages so it tells you the type of man he is and it tells you what he felt about Celtic Well Rangers fans we're going to be hearing from Serial Dessers after the break and we want to hear from you as well so give us a call 01419511025 the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Wilson here with me, Andrew McLean, in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We want you to join us as well. 01419511025. A bit of breaking news coming out of Motherwell during the break. It's that Riku Danzaki has left the club. He joined in January, made just four appearances, maybe not too much. Of a surprise there, Mark, didn't really seem to be in Stuart Kettlewell's plans at no. all. No, not at all. Um, I think there was huge levels of optimism when he came in, uh, particularly where Motherwell were at that time, if you remember. I mean, they, they badly needed reinforcements and uh, everybody that they brought in that window seemed to either be injured or just not good enough at that time. So I don't think it's a surprise to many Motherwell fans, but he's got a job, Stuart Kettlewell, you know, rebuilding some of that squad because... Few departures now. Um, he'll be looking to put his own stamp on it. Yeah, there aren't many that have come, and he was actually on a contract until twenty twenty five. So, not not really the best bit of business that Motherwell <laughs> have done agent, there. No. But Stuart Kettlewell has said during this preseason that you know he's trying desperately hard to get players in and isn't finding it overly easy. Connor Wilkinson, the Irish striker, mm -hmm. has come in, but apart from that, they've they've been struggling. Oh, it, it, it's probably the toughest bit about management. I think everybody would tell you that about recruitment. And like I say, the lower down the levels you go, 
the more the job falls on the manager. So, I said, if you're Brendan Rodgers, of course you've got a say in it, but you've got a full recruitment team behind you. Same with, same with Beal, he'll have a full, you know, scouting staff uh, and, and putting things on his desk and then he'll give it the okay. But I think when you get to, like, Stuart Kettlewell, of course he'll have a bit of a team around him, but it'll be him. He'll be trying to cherry-pick those players and then it's about meeting them face-to-face and convincing them to come to Motherwell that that's the right club for them. So, incredibly difficult time. And he's juggling all this while trying to get his team fit and prepare for the competitive games. So I don't envy him. It's a tough old job, um, but he needs reinforcements if he's if he's want to start the season as well as he finished it last year. Yeah, well, we're going to hear from Rangers fan John in a second. But first of all, let's hear from new Rangers striker Cyril Dessers because he's been talking about replacing Alfredo Morelos at the club. Um. Yeah, of course. Uh, Alfredo did did amazing things uh, for Rangers and at Ibrox. Um, so it's 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 never easy to come after a good striker like he was. But on the other side, I I I cannot look at the past. Uh, I'm only here for the present and and for the future. And uh, I hope to do to do some nice things, to do some good things for Rangers as well. And I hope uh, I can I can build a similar relationship with the fans. But uh, that will depend on. On our relationship and on on the things I do on the on the pitch and off the pitch, so uh, I'm confident that that, that that could work. John, you've heard a bit from one of your new signings there. Are you optimistic about him? Uh, very much so. Uh, I know his record in Italy wasn't great last year, but he was playing in a, a struggling uh, Italian team who got relegated, and Italian football was very tough. There's not many players that go there score thirty, forty goals a season, so I'm optimistic. And the fact is, last Three Nigerians have played for Rangers, Bassi, Aribo, Balgan have done pretty well for us, so maybe with that nationality will do well. But it's quite exciting that we got all these players in. Bill did say that he, these targets, and sometimes managers, it's just a lip service, but he, these targets, he's been all met them, he's looked them in the eye, and he's thought that these are going to fit in at Rangers. And six new players, five out of six in so far, I think we've got another couple in. Another couple will leave, and it's, it's going to be an exciting season for not just for Rangers, Scottish football in general, with uh, the league and the national team. Well, you make that point about him playing in Serie A last season. Let's hear the next clip, actually, where he goes on to talk about his experiences in Italy and how they've helped him. It made me a better player. Uh, I've I've been dreaming about uh, playing in a top five league since since I was a kid actually, and and to finally be there, witness it, uh, be part of that was 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 amazing, and I learned a lot there. When you play against some of the best defenders in the world, you learn how to use your body, play smarter, play faster, all of that, and and on top of the experience I had from Belgium and Netherlands, that made me a more complete football player, and and I hope I can convert it and show it to the Scottish league as well, and yeah. Get firing again. I'm pretty flexible in that, but uh, I think it's it's more than just playing with a partner. I think football is is more compli- more, more complicated than that. Football is so fluid nowadays. You don't really work with like formations. Like we play this system or this system. I think it's more about principles. And I think what's clear with us, we have a lot of of, of good players also who can play around the strikers. And I'm speaking about midfielders, wingers, uh, second strikers. So. And I think I think that can work with with all of them. Of course, they are quality players. So then it's then it's a lot easier to find each other and to adapt to each other. So I think with actually either of the names you you just mentioned, I think that could click very well and and, and that could work definitely. Yeah, he's talking about 
his experiences in Serie A last season. I suppose there's two ways people can look at it. You can look at the numbers and say he scored six goals. He was in a team that was, was struggling and got relegated and the numbers on paper may concern some people, but then he's looking at it as a case of he was playing against you know, some of the top defenders in the world in a great league and he feels he's learned a lot from it. Yeah, of course, that there is that argument and he'd be right in highlighting that. It's a very competitive league, but know that, very defensive league. So, yeah, he's right to point that out. Um, if I was looking at it from a, a Rangers fan point of view, uh, like I'd be looking at his previous record to the Italian league. You wouldn't say he's an out-and-out goal scorer. Um, it's strange because he's had some seasons where he's hit some good numbers and we were speaking to I think it was Michael Statham last week who was a Dutch football expert that essentially said that you know he had some really good seasons but never quite followed them up with yeah. another good season so you know at Nac Breda you get 29 goals 12 goals a season after that but then faded a bit but then 18 goals the next season but then faded a bit again after that then scored 20 at Feyenoord in one season where he was the top goal scorer in the Europa Conference League but didn't manage to back up the numbers again last season Rangers will be hoping that he'll be able to find that consistent level Well that's what he needs to do because that's what any striker coming to, to Rangers has to live up to um, particularly when you're replacing someone like Morelos who's been there for a long time who holds scoring records in Europe and He's going to be big shoes to fill. But I, I like the way he speaks, Dessers. He, he seems a confident lad. He, he's highlighting what's went on in the past. I think rightly so. He, he's acknowledging the the job he's got to do. Uh, and he's aware that he has to perform on the pitch and off the pitch, he highlighted as well. And that's been the downfall of some people in the past where off the pitch antics haven't been what the club expects. So Dessers is, is well aware of what he has to live up to. But he will be judged on the pitch. And as a striker, he will be judged on his goals. So I don't think the Rangers fans will care too much of what he does outside the box as long as he can put the ball away when it falls to him in the box. Yeah, John, that's six new signings already. Was that freshness needed in the Rangers squad? Oh, definitely. Uh, obviously, the, the five players that left, uh, at one point, he, the Rangers team kind of picked itself. But last year, we had a lot of injuries. But... The players that have left, I did need freshened up. We did freshen up last season, but unfortunately, due to injuries and players not working out, it's, it went against us. But I mean, at one point, we brought in Suter, and on paper, that looked a great sign, and he got injured his first game. I missed him. Kolak was banging the goals in, and then he gets injured. Lawrence got injured in his first three or four games. So, touch with the players that came in, not just about form, we got a wee bit luckier. We, Injuries. I mean, I know teams have got big squads, but our injury record last year was unbelievable. Yeah, that's so, something I don't that. Know what you think. Yeah, sorry, John. Mark, that's something that Rangers will be hoping to address this season. And sometimes it just can come down to bad luck yeah. injuries. But, you know, there were various times throughout the season where Rangers had a lot of players out. It's just not sustainable. No, of course not. You need luck in, in that respect. Um, and you know people are getting frustrated when the medical staff start coming into the spotlight. You know, pe people started criticising them last season and you think, well, it's not their fault. You know, sometimes injuries happen as unfortunate as they are. And John Dry, there, were, there was a run of players that get injured at the wrong time before their Rangers careers had really taken off. But I think the likes of Suter came in at the tail end of the season. I, I've always said that John Suter will be a terrific signing for Rangers and I believe if he stays fit, he will prove that. 
Um, Lawrence will be an interesting one whenever he gets fit. Is there any timeline on on when he's back, Andrew? Is, is he back for pre-season or is that going to run on I think on Rangers a bit? were hoping that he would be back for around the start of this season. He yeah. has obviously had a lot of setbacks. So I think he'll be an interesting one because he certainly looked promising when he, he kicked off his Rangers career. Um, you know, So if they get a couple of those back in, in fighting fit along with the new signings then you would think it should look like a brand new Rangers side with brand new ideas from Michael Bale because you've got to think that the manager himself has got to be putting ideas into the players' heads that he maybe didn't have time to do when he took over from Van Bronckhurst in December because the pressure's on you every single week. This is the only time that you get to work with your team, your players, your new players over a prolonged period without real pressure on you. So you would think that it's going to be a new Rangers. It's, I guess it's what that looks like and what they're coming up against. Is it going to be better than the new look Brendan Rodgers Celtic? How many more are you expecting in the door, John? I'd say a couple, but I also feel two or three might leave. Uh, Scott Wright, possibly. Hadji, I'm still, he's come back and I'm still not sure there's talk of him leaving. Uh, ben Davis maybe going back to England, but ones will leave because even though Brook players in we've got a, quite a big squad because five left and we've got six in so it's uh, it's going to be an interesting transfer window end of. we've still got another six weeks to go but I think one or two will leave but one or two will come in uh, possibly another two maybe a, a long player in I know Bill wasn't thing we belonged but we brought in Seema for Brighton who I'm quite excited about as well so We'll see. I never, never make predictions. I, I hope for the best, and uh, it is interesting and exciting to be a Rangers fan now with the signings and with the two we brought in in January, Raskin, Campbell. They worked it well. So, if you're basing it on the two players that have played for Rangers under Bill that were signed, well, at least hopefully fifty percent and work it with the other six. When it comes to departures and the ones John is talking about, one of the ones that he didn't mention has. You know his, his name's been in the newspapers the last couple of days. Antonio Cholak, Michael Beale has signed quite a few attacking players already in this window. There's talk of interest from Germany and interest in Italy. He obviously had a big period out injured last season, but didn't really seem to be in favour towards the end of the season when he was fit. Would you be mm. surprised if he left in this window because he was scoring goals when he played, especially at the start yeah. of the season? Well, I'm surprised that he got quite a raw deal. If you've got a striker who can put the ball in the back of the net like Cholak showed, then I think he's worth having about the building. Um, but you're right, Bill just didn't seem to take to him. Now, I know he was coming back from, from injury, but there was times where you looked at Bill. Morelos clearly had threw the toys at the pram. He wasn't going to play. And Cholak was still struggling to, to get a sniff. So, surprise. Was even at times that Sakala and Matondo yeah, were the, the front two. I, I was looking at that thinking, well, surely Cholak's worth a shout to see if he can fit into Beale's plans. He Does that maybe say score. more in terms of stylistically that the players he was playing up there were, you know, quicker players? Quicker, that, more that might direct, be something to do with um, it. More mobile, probably. Um, and uh, of course, there's an argument for that. If that's the way you want to play football and you want to press through the front, then okay, that's a better bet. But if you want somebody, when a chance falls to you 12 yards out, um, I would back Cholak over Sakala um, but obviously Bill didn't Bill sees him every day in training so he must have had a, a good look at Cholak and thought I don't fancy him so I, I guess the answer to the question Andrew is no I wouldn't be surprised if he goes now because he got such little game time under Michael Bill at the tail end of the season Would you want to see Antonio Cholak stay John? Seeing like his uh, 
stats over the years I've been a player. It doesn't seem to stay about a club for long. Uh, I don't think that's anything to do with his temperament or whatever, but the style of play Rangers play, he's, I'm not saying he's slower, but it's quite dynamic, it's quite fast-paced, one touch, and get the ball into the uh, box, he will score, but it's his hold-up play you're looking for as well with times, and I, he did score a lot of goals, but there was times where the, if the ball came to him, he wasn't, a, he wasn't holding up, he was outside the box, he didn't do much outside the box, and I know for a striker you want him to the inside the box, but it was just times when he looked a bit slower than the other players were him, just from my opinion of what I've seen when he played for Rangers. The one thing with Michael Beale is because he's been in since November, he's not making snap judgments on these players. He's had months and months for these players to either prove their worth to him or for him to work out the best way to play them. So you yeah. would expect that if any players are leaving this summer, then it'll be because Michael Beale has just thought, well, you know what, they're they're replaceable they're just not going to get in his team of course uh, that's the way you have to look at it he's obviously studied them every single day it's okay for us sitting here and we see them once a week you know on match day and sometimes at that it's only 20 minutes and you think oh they look okay they've, they've done quite well when you're a manager you're assessing players every day not just on the training pitch but how they are off it so you're right Andrew whoever departs is departing for a reason because Michael Beale doesn't think they're going to progress Rangers any further and because he believes that he's got players that are going to come through the door who'll do a better job. Well, thank you to John. Before the break, let me tell you about this. Oh, you're kidding me on. Oh, thank you. Oh, my goodness. The Cash Register. Clyde One. Well, two calls this week, and we've already had two winners on the Cash Register. It was Gary in Rutherglen today who took home more than £37,000. £37,432 is all yours, Gary. That's unbelievable, mate. I cannot believe it, honestly. Well, I'm still in shock. I still don't believe it, really. Thanks very much, Gary. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Well, how about we make it a hat-trick tomorrow? It's your chance. You could be winning the next cash register amount, which is £38,798. But you need to be in the draw. To enter, text YES to 61025. That's Y-E-S to 61025. And if you get a call from us after three o'clock tomorrow, answer within five rings and make sure you know the correct cash register amount. Texts are £2 plus your standard network rate. Online entry is £2. Or you can enter by calling 0330 Calls are charged at the standard rate. Remember, it's over 18s only. And all the rules for this Hits Radio Scotland network competition are on our website. So for your chance to win £38,798, text YES to 61025 and you could be getting the call tomorrow. 0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. You can still get involved, 01419511025, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. That's what MJH10 has done, and he's wanting me to ask you, Mark, if you're playing in this year's Masters again. Oh, I am. Of course I am. <laughs> there wouldn't be a Celtic team without me in to it, be fair, you, might, you might be asking so we can avoid if you're playing. <laughs> I don't buy any tickets. No, <laughs> tickets on sale now, September 9th, I believe it is. I'll be there uh, alongside... Actually, don't know who else is in my team. <laughs> Maybe I should have asked who else was in my team uh, before I signed up. Uh, no, but looking forward to if it. If you're the biggest name in the Celtic team, then he uh, might there's be problems. <laughs> uh, there's problems with ticket sales if that's the case. I remember I went to a media day for one of these master events a few years ago and you get to interview some of the players and it's weird because some of the players from other teams 
don't have any connection to Scottish football so you're yeah. just finding a way to chat to them about anything I was speaking to Robert Pires and we got him to <laughs> we got him to read out Scottish tweets and we genuinely got him to say on camera Hugh Keevans is a specky tube that's, that's magnificent that is on that is, that is on the internet somewhere that I'm sure we'll be able to confused Robert Pires would be at that request <laughs> you know thinking what, what does this even mean ah but uh, listen Pires myself uh, oh the big stars are there I don't think they will be there for Rangers or Motherwell or anything like that. I'm least. not sure he'd even be able to kick the ball nah, from the edge of the Nobody wants to box. beat see yeah, him. That's true. Right. <laughs> right. Link involved 01419511025. James is a Celtic fan in Port Glasgow. James, what are you thinking tonight? Good evening, Andrew. Mark, Mark, I think you talk about a Champions League coming up. Last season, we conceded uh, 15 goals in six matches. Ralston, Starfelt, Hart, and Taylor were all involved in it. And if we continue with the, the same back four, I think it could get worse. Now, Brendan knows his business. We need to buy a couple of decent centre-halves to, as they all say in football, keep the door locked at the back. And Hart had a nightmare in the Champions League, an absolute nightmare. And I think stuff, uh, Secrets should be given a chance. And we've got this money mark sitting there. Surely Brendan will realise that they have to tighten at the back, but Nicky seems to be mentioning this. James, was so the I'm issue like, when it came to Celtic in the Champions League, was it personnel, do you think, or was it more to do with Ange Postacoglu's style of play? Because, you know, he said he wanted to go gung ho against, you know, teams like Real Madrid and RB Leipzig and it would open up Celtic. Does it need to be a big overhaul in the back four or does it need to be more of a change tactically from Brendan Rodgers? Honestly, I think the day now, it's all right playing this attacking football in the Scottish League because we're good and we can get away with it. But we can't do that in the Champions League. You have to think along the lines that we're coming up against top quality and they will rip us apart unless we have some sort of, you know, Brendan's plans might be shut the back door, which is good. But Ange didn't do that. Ange wanted to play expansive football, which is good to watch. And okay, we could say we'd. Plenty of chances to score goals in games. It could have turned it in, in our favour, but it didn't happen. But honestly, Mark, if you keep the same back four as what we have got now at the Joe Hart, we'll know you finish up in the Champions League. We'll end up fourth. Is that the big question, Mark, about whether it is personnel or whether it is about how you match up against these teams and how you set up? Yeah, so personally, or personnel, I should say, I think the back four is in a good place at the minute, but that's that's the starting back four. If, if Carter Vickers drops out like he had done with injury, then I believe removing one of those players, you get real problems. So, you know, you've got Johnson there, solid. I think he'll get better. Carter Vickers, I think, and Starfield, outstanding partnership formed, and I believe it'll only get better if they stay fit. And Greg Taylor, he had a magnificent season, and I, hope, I really do hope he follows it up and gets even better. But I think you need competition there for Taylor as well, because I'm not quite sure about Burnaby and probably another centre-half, like James is saying. Um, goalkeeper, maybe called into question because Brendan Rodgers likes to play a different way, so that might be a position. But look, I had the same argument as James back in the Champions League campaign. I was getting slaughtered from people in the show saying that, you know, this is the way Ange plays, and I made the point that, that James is making, that you have to be more pragmatic in these games and although it's attractive to watch and it's brilliant and Celtic fans, a lot of them went home happy sometimes, even being beat at home. But if your aim is progressing in Europe, you need to realise what you've got against what you're against. Now, I speak from past experience, played in a Celtic side 
who qualified for the last 16 twice. And we were nowhere near as good as some of the teams we came up against, but we still held, you know, AC Milan at home in the last 16, and 0-0 with greats like Kaka and Maldini and all that. And and we still, you know, went to the new camp and lost narrowly. And our team, I don't think our team was as good as the team now. So you have to find a way of playing. I just wonder Brendan Rodgers will learn from his first time around the Champions League. Yeah, because League. you look at those two campaigns that you had in the group stages of the Champions League and James is talking about Ange Postacoglu's side conceding 15 goals, was it, in those six games. Brendan yeah. Rodgers and his two campaigns conceded 16 and 18. Yeah. So will it need to be a case of you know what it is? for Brendan Rodgers? It will be, but you know what it is as well, Andrew? It's the lock of the draw yeah. and who you get pulled I mean, against. I mean, there was Bar- Barcelona and Manchester City yeah. were in one of the groups PSG. that year. PSG and Bayern Munich, wasn't it? Another year, yeah. so... So it's whoever you get drawn against. Now, you would look at probably this year's group, uh, I think, for Celtic and say Real Madrid, okay, far and away, you're going to get beat from them. But the other ones, it could have been a lot worse, but still came undone at times for Celtic. So I think James has a point. Maybe add to it personnel, but I think the way you play, I don't think you should just point the finger at the back four. It's quite often those in front of the back four that stops that attack getting to them. Um, so you need to find where your strengths are and yeah, play a wee bit more pragmatic when you come up against these big hitters. Do you have confidence those changes will be made? James, can you see Brendan Rodgers making an impact in the group stages this season? Hopefully. What I'm saying is, we go back to the previous year the mistakes we made especially Joe Hart he's kicking out and gave away penalties in Starfield you say to yourself wait a minute here you, surely you've got to see that there's a weakness there and I'm not saying it will do brilliant in the Champions League but we want to get back our self-respect I would take third spot in a minute say well at least we're getting there but it's clear as day this back four plus Joe Hart isn't good enough even a blind man could say that. We have to spend money. Simple as that. I'm not talking about going buying £25 million players or £20 million players. But at least buy two decent centre-backs who make us harder when the box comes in for corner kicks or free kicks that we can... So do, do you not think Cameron Carter-Vickers is good enough for the Champions League group no, stages? I think, I think Johnston and Carter-Vickers, as Mark says, uh, Johnston and Carter-Vickers is the two that I would keep in the team. Greg, Greg Taylor got a lot of praise last season for being, you know, one of the most consistent players uh, uh, I in Scotland. Against Scottish season, that's not against uh, Champions League quality. If you look at his four sixty matches in the Champions League, he's a shocker. So the start out, and the worst one was Joe Hart. That's a fact. You just need to watch the games and go, "What's he doing?" What I'm saying is, I hope we get back with self-respect, but we've got plenty of money, and I'm not turning and saying it. Uh, the new manager doesn't know what he's doing, but surely he'll change it and tighten up to get herself respect back in Europe. That's all I want. Joe Hart is a player that has continually come up this summer. A lot of Celtic fans have mentioned him as is that being an area that Celtic maybe need to upgrade or improve in. Can you see that happening this summer? Um I think Brendan Rogers might go for another goalkeeper, whether he will replace Joe Hart. I'm not quite sure about that. Joe Hart's a very good goalkeeper when it comes to short stopping and um, which is the most important thing very good doesn't he like the ball at his feet um, no doubt he made some mistakes as James has just highlighted there but lots of goalkeepers do we've seen the problems before Andrew when you replace your goalkeeper it could be a hard task so 
If they do, they need to get it right back. See Joe Hart starting the season. Well, thank you very much to James. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for tonight. But I will be back tomorrow night in the studio from six o'clock with Kenny Miller. So make sure to join us then. There's sure to be lots of talking points, of course, with the five play cup group stages starting on Saturday as well. Looking forward to those. But thank you for all your calls tonight. Thank you for your tweets and listening in as well and thank you very much to Mark Wilson in the studio but stay right there because it's Amber that's up next and she's got the likes of Calvin Harris and Lewis Capaldi playing next